This podcast episode is brought to you by the Outcomes Rocket Network, where you get your healthcare insights from the most inspiring healthcare podcasters. Welcome to the Sancial Podcast, where we host interviews with the most transformational nurse scientists, innovators, entrepreneurs, and leaders. Through sharing their personal journeys, we create inspiration, provide guidance, and give you actionable ideas you can use to be a catalyst for change. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sancial Podcast. Today, I am so excited for you to meet Andrea. She's a nurse farmer. So before we get into all of this really interesting and exciting career, I would like Andrea to introduce herself. Welcome. Hi, Hiam. Thank you for the introduction and thank you for having me uh, in the podcast today. Uh, my name is Andrea Jaramillo and I have been a nurse for about uh, five years. And in this process, I have tried many different types of nursing. So my innovation would be how to really find what nursing means to you and design a career that is sustainable for yourself and um, that makes you happy. Uh, I practice clinically as a hospice nurse. Uh, I'm also part-time as a research nurse. I do some consultancy. I have been certified as a forest therapy guide and I do, I'm a nurse farmer. Uh, part of this is also learning uh, about the traditional medicine from the Andes, where I am from. I am from Ecuador. And all of this has become what I believe nursing is for me. Uh, it's, it's a diversified career that in a way makes it more sustainable for myself and keeps me not only busy, but keeps me happy and learning about many things I can do with my career. So fascinating, Andrea. I, I have a lot of questions for you about everything you just said. But first, I always like to ask our guests, what inspired you to work in healthcare? How did you even get in, involved? So for me, Healthcare has always been something I loved. I loved, but um, nursing in particular was not something that was in my radar. Uh, in my country, nurses and the nursing career it's different. Um, so I thought, you know, I will go into nursing into medicine. But once I came to the states. I really found what nurses do, and I was the first job was um, doing. A clinic, a, an interpreter in the NIH. I was a volunteer there. And I saw how nurses really were involved with the clinical research process, how they were explaining patients, how to become part of the projects, um, part, you know, finding new medications and really seeing the future of medicine, seeing how we can care for people in the future was really amazing to me. So I decided then that I wanted to be a nurse. <laughs> Very interesting. And, you know, I really love what you said um, about how really going down a journey of discovery 
and find reconnecting what nursing means to you again, uh, rather than, uh, you know, as you know, there's a lot of burnout and a lot of concern. And, and instead of leaving the nursing profession and leaving our patients for the reason why we got into nursing. So what does that mean to you coming back and reconnecting to what nursing means to you? Can you just elaborate on that? Yes. So I started um, as a labor and delivery nurse seeing patients and I became uh, burnout and I seek to do something outside the bedside. Uh, and for a while I was enjoying that job. Uh, but after the pandemic, I decided I was ready to quit nursing, but something in me really wanted to go back to patients, but in a way that it was more sustainable and that made me happy. And that's when I really took the time to rediscover what nursing means to me and come back to the patients. Um, I was very lucky to be able to take some time off to consider and do intentionally um, this redesign of the, my career. And I found this amazing book called uh, Designing Your Life that actually uses um, design thinking process to design uh, the, the your career path or, you know, anything in your life, really. So it was very innovative for me to think outside, what can I do with my career that, you know, with my degree that could help people be sustainable and make me happy. And that's kind of how I went back to um, seeing patients. So I went from labor and delivery to hospice, which is totally the other end, but it's still part of the transitions. Transitions for me are, for me is what nurses do, are you know, are accompanying people in their most vulnerable times in their lives, but also in their transitions. And we have all these tools that we can help uh, support this process. Um, so I, I thought I want to do this in, in a per diem basis so I can have control of my time, but also give when I have a lot to give and rest when I'm able, when I need that. So cyclically, I am observing my cycles of energy and how much I can give and, and receive. And this really, I feel it makes me very, uh, it makes me a better nurse because I having the time to, to connect with my patients in a way that is very intentional has made the whole difference um, in how I practice. And then, you know, going to the farm, it's it's a way for me to reconnect with the earth, reconnect with my ancestors, reconnect with my community. And um, I think we all should have a way to go back to the self, um, either, you know, I, farming or cooking or exercising or being with family. We just need to find what uh, recharges as nurses. And and. and do you feel that nurses know how to do that just on their own? Or do you think, did you get any help to try to rediscover who you are and what yeah. your interests were? Uh, and what can you tell the audience so they learn from that? Like, where do you yeah. start to rediscover? So I think in nursing school, sometimes we are told there's different tools and things, but the practice, I think, nurses need to help nurses. So for example, I have some mentors, uh, him being one of them, <laughs> thankfully. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, just having 
support from each other is very important uh, because we're not always going to be in our best. We are humans first and um, giving each other permission to take that time to rest is very important and supporting each other and changing the culture of nurses that, you know, we, we don't need to take it all. We need to ask for help. We are also caregivers, you know, and um, the caregiver syndrome, it can happen. You know, we can all get burned off, especially in a system where we're always producing. We're always trying to get um, to the next thing. We need to slow down. I think one of the best um, recommendations from one with my current manager, he told me, Andrea, just slow down. You know, I, I never yeah. had that told before. And for me, those words were were giving me the permission to, to be present. Yes. Yes. And, and I love what you said. Um, nurses need to help nurses because I think, you know, there've been, there's been lots of, uh, you know, articles and things about how we eat our young and things like that. But really when you say that it's helping, uh, people recognize that we understand what we're going through. So not what, so why not help our fellow colleague? through their rough times. So I, I, I really love that. And, and I know you said you're working per diem um, and doing other things. I, can you tell us a little bit more about the forest therapy certification? And um, again, through the pandemic, we learned so much that just being outside, being in the woods uh, and how much uh, that contributes to our mental well-being. Yes. Um... So the forest therapy came from um, from the pandemic when I when we were really inside and I wanted to connect more to to my surroundings and I found an ad that said there's this forest therapy <laughs> and uh, there is an organization called the uh, I'll I'll send you the correct name because it's a little long but I will send it to you and they have this course that you go through through it with a group of people and um this type of therapy or therapeutic um thing is comes from japan where the boom of uh, electronics and technology started and they started seeing that a lot of people were having increased cancer increase stress, increase depression, anxiety, and they put a lot of resources in researching uh, nature-based therapies. And what they found is that people who are in nature doing certain types of um, connections with nature get um, their, their whole um, health gets better. Their whole, they, they have done some research on measuring cortisol levels in saliva, for example, and they have seen cortisol levels decrease. They have done uh, blood tests with NK cells and they have seen increase in NK cells, which take uh, gets uh, rid of cancerous uh, cells. They have seen, you know, uh, decreased levels of anxiety, stress, depression, and most importantly, this connection and these uh, 
feeling of wellness that people have when are interacting with the, na the na with nature. So bringing people who maybe in the past have not had these interactions or are not used to being in nature and interacting with trees and just touching and feeling and seeing and being in touch with their own senses. It's definitely something I love and for me was very helpful and I want to give to other people. So that's how I got certified. And if ever you want to come with me in a walk, you're more than welcome. <laughs> yes. And at the end, we'll, we'll let the audience know how to reach out to you. So that's very interesting. I didn't realize, um, I know I, I heard a lot about mental well-being and being out in nature, but just really some of the blood tests that you just mentioned or saliva tests, that's, that's pretty impressive. And, and I don't doubt that. Just very interesting. So I, I want to pivot a little bit because Andrea, I heard you speak about the nurse farmer and about the food cycle, and I cannot till this day forget that lecture. Um, and I really want the, our audience to really hear about that. So first, let us know how you got into being a farmer, uh, and then maybe uh, a little bit about how to think about our food, because you know, so many times we go through, you know, social determinants of health and we ask our patients, you know, about food insecurity or living insecurity. Um, but some of the stuff you brought up that day just really resonated with me because I didn't ask those questions. So I thought I was doing a good job, but we can always do better. Yes. Yes. Um, so as part of being in nature, I, you know, I have a friend who, who goes to a urban farm. I live in Boston. So farming in the city is a little different than farming in the outsides. Um, and they, our city has a couple of lots that they have turned into urban farms. So that's kind of where I started. And I started coming, you know, when I took some time off, I wanted to go and be with plants and be with earth. And that's just what I wanted to, my body, my spirit was calling to do. And uh, I started just working the soil, uh, waking up my senses, just touching the, the different vegetables and seeds and learning the process of uh, growing things. And for me, that was like magic. It was like, I can't believe this little seed becomes a plant and gives me food and everybody can eat from it and just take care of our community in a very healthy way. It's, everything is organic. And I remembered um, because before, um, you know, I had, I had, lived in different cities and one of them was Detroit. I lived there for three years and my nearest uh, grocery store was about 30 minutes away in, in a car. So for a while we didn't have a car and we had to like, really it was hard to, to go and find food, good food. Um, and, you know, I started reading more about the food deserts and cities have a lot of, you know, not great food. So the options our patients have in grocery in, in their local store sometimes is not the best. So we when we are telling them, oh, you should eat balanced food, we need to think about what they are really what their options are and how can we 
turn these empty lots into spaces of, you know, of just sharing foods and growing things that are good for our spirits, for our bodies, because what we eat is what we are. You know, it's the main ingredient of what our bodies are and how they function. So having this opportunity to share these foods with people um, has been a blessing and really learning how people are making their choices. And when we ask, you know, if, if you ever have a, a patient where you can ask them how they gather their food, where their, their food comes from, um, it's very important because that's part of the social determinants of health. And a lot of hospitals now have access to food pantries. Um, I know a couple of hospitals now have um, a farm in their in in their spaces, which is great, and they can share um, with their with their patients. But mostly, um, it's being aware of of how our patients are are eating. You know, it, it it doesn't have to be that you don't have food, but the quality of food yourself. Uh, there's also the the fifth um, vital sign that's called, and um, that's you know it's it, they started doing it for for uh, patients who for for pediatric patients and it's two questions um the fifth it's called the fifth vital sign yeah and i can share with you the two questions it's very simple to implement um the that is you know about hunger and it's 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 important to ask our patients these two questions because then you can identify who needs help. You can measure it. You can see uh, in a qualitative, uh, a quantitative way um, what how can we solve these problems in our communities. Amazing. And tell me, go ahead and tell us those two questions. Um, let me look them up. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 and what's interesting is I know we have so much to do when we see a patient and rather than going rope, do you have this? Do you have that? But really paying attention and really figure out how to ask the question to get to the right answer. Right. So that also takes a little bit of experience and confidence uh, and really getting to know your patients. Yes. Yes, and it makes it more holistic. That's right. It, it's not just about uh, their disease process, but it's also about prevention. That's right. And and all of that comes back to how people are living, you know, where yeah. they are, how they're living. And while you're looking those up for us, um, yes. you said about innovating in the design thing. When did you first uh, recognize you're an innovator? Um, let me see. I think we, we're we all innovators. Every nurse is an innovator. I think we have said that so many times. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> and I'm going to say it again. We're all innovators. Uh, but really, when I, I learned about the design thinking process and had a meeting with Rebecca Love, you know, I think she inspired every one of us into dive into this space of like, oh, I can create something. I can, I can think outside the box. I can, you know, 
redefine what's what what has been done before and there is a process to it so i think being part of SONCL especially and uh, the nurses who are thinking differently and are teaching us and are mentoring us and uh, organizations that support this type of thinking and uh, the projects that nurses have, have really inspired me um, to continue looking into what innovation means. And that can mean so many things for different people. It can mean to create a a product, it can mean to make a process, a new process. Um, it can mean to recreate your your career, you know, and how you see yourself uh, in the world and how you move uh, more intentionally in the world. I love that because I think I think you're right. When some people hear innovation right away, they think you know, technology or a medical device. Uh, but as you stated, it can be multiple of things. It's really how you approach to get to that solution really is, is what defines and allows innovation to stand out. Yes. So I found, um, so how do you screen for food insecurity? Is mm -hmm. uh, hunger the vital sign? And you have these two questions and is within the past 12 months, we worried um, whether our food will run out before we got mo money to buy more. And the other question is within the past 12 months, the, the food we bought just didn't last and we didn't have money to get more. If any of these questions, uh, the responses are either often true or sometimes true, uh, they will be positive for the screener. Got it. See, I, I don't ask that. And, and yeah. on our social determinants of health um, is not on there. And so we need to change that for sure. Yeah. And you, you made me think about something else too. In addition to, you know, a, a really important questions is also the financial toxicity. Hmm. If, if patients don't have enough money to buy their drugs or take their medication and yes. things like that, it's so critical that we, we also understand that. So again, asking those questions in a different way, as you've stated. Yeah. And I think there is so much work to be done. Um, you know, we can do downstream interventions at the very individual level at the, you know, every time we see a patient, but also we can do upstream interventions where we are working with organizations and uh, policies and even laws in our states and our cities uh, and get involved in the different parts that affect the system, because I think sometimes we see our our practice as seeing one patient, but everything is connected. So even though I have multiple jobs and I do many things, you know, my hospice patient might be eating the food that I am making and might need the therapy from the nature. And maybe I'm consulting with, with a nurse who is producing a product and there is clinical research on that product. So I think finding ways that as an individual, uh, you can touch multiple spaces, um, I think makes us more connected and 
gives us a different perspective of nursing and how we can really approach um, our careers. Beautifully said. And I know you mentioned I'm your mentor, but I just want you to know, <laughs> always learning from you as well. No, I think I think we all. Um, I, that's how I see I see you and the many nurses that have come through. You know, I have are in front of of the of the. I have taken farther steps, and we we're just behind you and behind all the nurses who are so brave to to open those uh, those walks for the next generations. That's exactly right. The next generation, because we need to take care and mentor and bring up our next generation because we're all here for our patients and for each other. And it's really important. Um, so, Andrea, you know, what are you what are you most excited about innovation, nursing and science? I, I feel like we're on a cutting edge of really just yes. you know exploding in a good way would you agree i would agree and the reason why i agree is because uh in my family we have a saying time of crisis is time of opportunity and right now the nursing um, workforce we have heard over and over it's there's a crisis we don't have enough there's you know there is change happening and I think that's the opportunity we have. It's a window of opportunity where we can recreate. We have a, a lot of leverage right now to recreate what nursing means, to really make it something that is sustainable and um, to better the care that we provide for our patients. I agree. I agree. And everyone wants to talk about the nurse burnout and even our own physicians, et cetera. And, and I always say, don't come up with all these solutions because you haven't asked us. Mm. And I yeah. think that's one big critical piece that's missing yeah. is tell us what, what do you see as the problems and also tell us what you see as solutions. Yeah. And also, we like we say in innovation, don't fall in love with the solution, fall in love That's with the right. problem. That's right. That's so right. And I and I agree. This is the time, and I hope the attention will be given to the entire um, clinical field. Yes. So wrapping up, Andrea, what would you like to leave? What is the one thing you would like to leave our audience with today? First, um, I would love first to thank you, but to tell nurses out there that you have control over your career, that you can make the career you really imagine. And maybe you're not even opening that space to, to imagine what is possible. So take the time and move in this world with intention. And I think... Um, we, we are going to see great results in the future. I believe as well. <laughs> if people wanted to reach out to you and yes. talk to you more uh, about anything we discussed today on the podcast, are you on LinkedIn or is there yes. a better way? Okay. Yes, please. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm happy. I'm on Twitter. 
if you want to, you know, schedule, a, I'm always happy to grab coffee if you're in Boston. <laughs> uh, but I'm always happy to help people and, you know, bounce ideas and just tell you more about my story and whatever you need with nurses helping nurses. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thanks for tuning in to the Sancial podcast. If today's podcast inspired you, we invite you to join our tribe or support our mission by visiting us at sancial.org. That's S-O-N-S-I-E-L.org. This episode was brought to you by the Outcomes Rocket Network. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you leave us a rating and review, subscribe, and let us know what you're looking for.